It is Tuesday, the 26th of January, Australia Day. Welcome to Afternoon Sports. Shane Lee, I, I heard you went to the seafood market. You got yourself a few cold libations. You're going to enjoy today, aren't you? Mate, whether you call it Australia Day or January 26th, it doesn't matter today. It is a, it is a great day in the calendar. For me, anyway, it's a, it's a day when you do have a nice cold beer and you, you throw a prawn to Barbie, mate. So it's a, it's a big day and jump in the pool and have a swim with the kids. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute cracker. We've got a huge show, too. Colin Scott is going to jump on quick. Quickly, of course, former NFL player. We'll get his full preview next week. Rob Gilbert has a thorough look at the EPL. And uh, he'll have a look at some of the edges of the Super Bowl. Of course, Frank Lampard sacked in the EPL. That's a huge story. And Sam Groth. Sam Groth, he was a brilliant tennis player, great commentator. Let's get cracking. Shane, what about Alex Hales? He's knocking on the door of England again, isn't he? He's broken the record of sixes. Uh, there were no chances last night, the strikers, with him in that sort of form. Yeah, he's playing really well. 110 runs um, and, and scoring runs really freely. He's, he's a really clean hitter of the ball. You go back, he is knocking on the door of international selection again, but it's well documented. He failed a drug test leading into the world last World Cup. Um, and was banned for 21 days. So he's really fallen out of favour currently with the English selectors. But, um, yeah, if they're watching bats, I think they might fall in love with him pretty quickly again, I think. Dan Christian's come out on uh, on his social media and slammed a couple of trolls because uh, you do have these cowards come on. Like Dan Christian got out on the front foot. He's of Indigenous uh, background and mm. he's he's hit out at you know the government and other, other things around the whole view of Australia Day. And uh, I'm glad that he did this to these couple of trolls who have come on there and had a coward's castle crack at him. 100%, mate. They, they, these trolls are just absolute germs. Um, they, they hide behind their computers and they just throw mud. It's just appalling and um, oh, good on him for calling him out. Look, everyone's allowed to have their own opinion, but when they bring race into it and, and they make racist remarks... I think we've come a long way in this country. We don't need to stand for that stuff. Tell you what, it's, it's weird not having international cricket this time of year, isn't it? It's a, it's a bit strange. It is. And um, yeah, what, what do you do on, on Saturday afternoon, mate? I mean, there's no cricket to watch. Um, yeah, I, was, I, um, I met a, a girl walking around my house. I didn't realise it was my wife. So it was, uh, it was good to catch up with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lorraine, Lorraine handed you the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, I know. All right, there's plenty of NFL about. Let's have a chat with Colin Scotts. Colin Scotts is on the line. They were two interesting games yesterday, weren't they? Tom Brady, this extraordinary talent, through to another Super Bowl, Cole. Yeah, fantastic, isn't it? It's amazing. You could, What we're watching is the past, but very much the present with Brady. 20 years of incredible, you know, the greatest ever. There's not an argument now, guys. It's just, it, Brady is the best. And now we're seeing the present, but also the future with McCombs. But what a classic, mate. How wonderful to see Brady, you know, 43 years of age and... Uh, Taking an organisation like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that has been the biggest losing program in the NFL back to the big show. I'm absolutely wrapped and, uh, yeah, good on you, mate. Yeah, so, Cole, an absolute promoter's dream, this. As you said, uh, you know, Brady, 43 years of age, goes to Tampa Bay, um, takes him to the first Super Bowl, and then you've got Malone, who is on $550 million over 10 years. You've got, you've got the young punk versus the, the old wily Coyote, mate, so it's a, it's a promoter's dream. It is a promoter's dream, man. And, and, you know, you kind of love, you know, the, the career of Brady, you know, going 20 years and, and, you know, being with the one organization, of course, the New England Patriots, and then switching to, you know, the biggest losing organization, although he brought some forces with him. But for him to take that organization to the big 
show and, and uh, at his age. And then you see Mahomes, who is the future uh, of the NFL, no doubt about it. And Kansas City going for a repeat, which is um, you know, very hard to do. But, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be tough to beat, mate. Yeah, absolutely going to be a cracker, Cole. You enjoy your Australia Day, a cold libation, my dear friend, and we look forward to the full Super Bowl preview next week, mate. Thanks uh, thanks for coming on. Let's chat next week, eh? Look forward to it, boys. Come here, cracker. Coming up next, right here on Afternoon Sport, it's going to be great to chat to Sam Groth, all things tennis. Afternoon sport and we really are hotting up for a huge summer of tennis. It's already started and of course the Australian Open not far away and a real treat to have former ATP big hitting, very, very handy golf. Always better than handy and a better bloke at that. Sam Groth, how are you? Good, Tim. Thanks for that. I wasn't very handy yesterday, I tell you. I was hitting it all over the place. Shane, good to be here as well, mate. Mate, good to see you, buddy. But um, first question, how are the players coping with the quarantine so far? Um... Well, obviously, they were pretty vocal initially, weren't they? Yeah. It was a um, big shock to the system for them. I mean, they all knew what they were coming into, but I don't think they quite understood how strict it was going to be. Um, I think they've sort of all been given the orders to to shut their mouths a little bit and be a bit quiet because we haven't really heard a lot from them in the last uh, four or five days. I think they're probably about nine days into that sort of hard lockdown that some of them are doing. Um, obviously, there's been a bunch that have been allowed to get out on court and do the allocated five hours, but... Yeah, they were quite vocal earlier, the players that were um, part of those planes that had a positive case, I guess. But now, yeah, it sort of seems like they've all settled in and they're just getting on with the job now, which is nice because, yeah, they're less than a week to go and, you know, we're not far away from getting some tennis, which is nice. Well, you're part of the Channel 9 commentary team for the Australian Open, and I think we're all looking forward to it. It's, it's worked out quite nicely for sports fans because there's a real, uh, there's usually a real lull in February prior to the footy season starting after the cricket and the tennis, and now we've got the Australian Open. Jim Courier, your colleague, came out and said that, come on, let's go a little bit easier on Novak Djokovic. He was trying to stand up for the players. I think he's been a bit misunderstood. What did you make of all of that? Um. Yeah, well, I was pretty vocal in an article I wrote um, mm. in criticism of, of Novak. And I think you've got to understand as well, Novak has tried to form a breakaway player uh, union. They did so at the US Open, which was interesting timing in itself when you've mm. got a pandemic going on and you decide to form a breakaway in the first Grand Slam that's been um, put on to get the players back out on court. Um, I think it's... And then you add that to, to the requests that have been made by him coming out to Melbourne, especially when he's not in Melbourne, he's in Adelaide. So he, he's got some um, more favourable conditions there. Obviously, every state runs things their own way and he's able to have his whole team with him and his entourage. And um, they're going to play an event on Friday in Adelaide that we're covering on Channel 9 um, himself and Rafa and Dominic Team and Yannick Sinner and Ash Barty's over there, Serena Williams, mm. Hallett, all, all the top names are over there. So it's very easy to sit there and say, well, I want better conditions for people in Melbourne while I'm sitting in my nice hotel suite with my fresh air and getting all the things that I sort of want. So, um, you know, I think when you're in a position like that, you've also got to be a bit careful because whatever you say may be construed. The public is going to, going to read into it. And I think, you know, the players are sort of understood now as well. Everything they say, everyone here in Melbourne hasn't taken it too well. They don't quite understand what we sort of went through, through 2020. And it's, um, yeah, it hasn't really been falling on people's ears very favourably. 
Which you can understand too. And I think um, talking about what people say, you've got to be careful saying things. Our, our old mate uh, Tomic has come out vocally after he's qualified um, saying people don't rate him and they've never backed him. He's never had any support. What, what's your take on him? I think we gave him plenty of support when he was yeah. younger. And, um, you know, he was, he was 15 in the world. Bernie was a great player. Um, you know, he's gone and qualified this week, but I think he did a lot of things that made us not want to support him. And I think that's the problem. He, he might say that he hasn't had the support. Well, the stands were full when he was doing well and people wanted to get behind him. But there's only so many times you can turn up in your flashy car and say things or not try when you're playing, you know, in front of your home fans or, or out on the tennis court. I mean, I never understand that. Guys going on court and not trying or any sport and not trying, it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense to me. So... Um, you know, he might not be happy about it, but you got to think that there's a reason why people um, are like that with Bernie. You know, he's put himself in this situation and, you know, congratulations. He's come and qualified. He's done, done the hard yards. He's got himself into the Australian Open. But if he wants to get that support back, there's only one way to do it. But, you know, maybe it's too far gone now, you'd have to think. Yeah, I think he's also realised, Sam, that uh, uh, that – you know, lifting a pick on the side of the road is not going to get him the money or the lifestyle. He's come out saying he's going to play into his 30s. You do get 100 grand for losing in the first round, don't you, at the Australian Open? Yeah, you do. I mean, it's it's 100 grand, but you got to remember there's, there's a lot of expenses that go with being a tennis player. I wish you, when you, you play the first round, 100 grand hit your bank account, but it is a very, very nice paycheck, that's for sure. Mate, someone who I think has really turned around is Nick Kyrgios, and um, particularly from a PR or a perception um, point of view, um, he's a guy I always thought has potentially the game to, to to win a major. What what are your thoughts on him? I mean, Nick's incredible. I mean, yeah. in, in terms of what he's able to produce on the tennis court, um, and then his ability to draw in a crowd, whether you love him or hate him, people yeah. want to watch him. He, he's a marketer's. Um, he's a dream for a marketing company or a market or a tournament. Everyone wants him to play their event because there's going to be bums on seats when he when he shows up. That's for sure. Um, I think we've got to see a different side of Nick in the last twelve months. It started with the bushfires. So he's had his own foundation where he's done amazing stuff for quite Ooh. some time. Um, but then with the bushfires last year, obviously he, he led a lot of that relief appeal that was going yeah. on and started the ACEs donation and a whole bunch of stuff. And then coming into this year, obviously that, uh, almost a voice of reason around what we should be doing and not doing during a pandemic. And is it suitable for players to be tra- traveling around the world and, you know, people are out of work and, you know, you don't have to agree with what he's saying and not everyone's going to agree with everyone's opinion. But I think he started to show that he is maturing and, you know, there's more to Nick Kyrgios than the big serving, racket-breaking, flashy tennis player. Um, You know, he gave us a sort of personal side over the last 12 months and um, I've always seen it. I mean, people have always seen it. I've been a pretty big defender of Nick and or supporter of Nick in the media. Um, But, you know, I think we're finally starting to see another side of him and – People are still not going to like it. There's going to be those people that still yep. don't like him because he does divide opinion when he gets on the court. Uh, but we are seeing a side of him that I think, um, you know, that really personal side now. Look, and I think the pandemic, we've seen a lot of benefits and obviously detractions with the, with the, the pandemic, but forgetting about the actual illness and, and the real grim side of this pandemic, for a guy like him, it's really advantaged him in the sense of homesickness is probably his biggest problem. He, he doesn't like uh, travelling like a lot of these other people do, and that's what really gets inside his head, having interviewed him and talked to him, not making excuses for some of the poor behaviour. But look, he's a real chance, isn't he, as he's Ash Barty of winning this Open. Yeah, and that's and that's the question though, Tim. Is how do they come out after an extended break? So yeah, Nick's always not loved being away from home, and um, 
you know, Ash also loves being at home as well. I mean, they, they don't play heavy schedules normally. They like to come back and, you know, spend time and train and, and, you know, spend time with their family and just live a little bit of a normal life as well. But you take sort of 12 months away from the tour. That's a long time in any sport mm. to take a break. Um, you know, and we're not talking an injury break, but they wouldn't have, I wouldn't think sometime during that time, they would have actually had some time off, hit the refresh button. You can't just train fully for eight, nine, mm. 10 months. It's just exhausting. Um, it's mentally exhausting, but how do you come out? It's it's never easy coming out after you haven't competed in a long time. So, um, you know, this lead up week for them is going to be absolutely crucial, you know, for Ash to get a match over in Adelaide and then come back and play one leading event before the Australian Open. The same for Nick. He's going to play one of the 250 events um, just because he's where he's, his ranking is. He's not a part of that ATP Cup team this year, unfortunately, which, you know, he really fired up for last January. But, you know, both those, those players, they're going to need um, you know, a few good matches coming into Melbourne Park to try to give themselves any chance because it is very, very different, the pressures going into the heat of battle. Sure. What What, what are your thoughts on with this interrupted sort of um, lead up and, you know, players probably not having the miles and the legs that they would like, are we going to see shorter points? Are, are big serves going to come into play? What, what, what are your thoughts on what might prevail in this Open? Well, I'll tell you, if, if you could just produce a good serve, a, a bigger serve by sitting in hotel quarantine for 14 days, more players <laughs> might do it. Um, you know, you can't just all of a sudden change the way you play. You can maybe adapt your game plan a little bit, but you know, if you haven't got great volleys, you can't all of a sudden start rushing the net and yeah. expect that you're going to win. Um, I mean, there's no doubt for the players that have been in the 14 days, they're going to be behind the eight ball. Mm. I mean, you, you can't you can't hide from that fact. Um you know, I'm sitting in a room here at my house and if I was sitting in here for 14 days, I tell you, you, you you're not giving yourself the best chance. Um, yep. but, you know, we've seen them working out. They're going to get sort of seven or eight days before they have to go in and play. Um, you know, the players, they, they wanted that best of three set change. They went to Craig Tiley, the men's players, and wanted to try to push for it. I mean, it's not going to happen. You know, it's not the majority of the draw that's affected. Yep. It is a Grand Slam tournament. You've done a lot of the work. I think sometimes when you've been on tour for a while, though, um, when you've done the work over a lot of years, you do have that base as well. Gotcha. So you're hoping that in a week they can get some of that back fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not ideal for the players that have been in the 14 day, the full hard lockdown. They're uh, they're definitely definitely disadvantaged when they're coming out. Well, there was a big story early in the summer about you uh, having a crack at golf. Now I've spoken to you and Porter and spoken to Todd Woodbridge who was on your bag. And Don't the difference, talk to them. The difference between you and golf and Shane and I is that you can actually play. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Timmy. Uh, well, well, <laughs> all right. Well, okay, Shane Lee takes on Sam Groth off scratch. Um, but Sam, what, what are your intentions with golf, bud? Just to finish up. No, nothing. Oh, I love my golf. It's sort of come away to curb my uh, competitive side. You know, I have no desire to hit tennis balls anymore as much as I love still being around the sport and, and working in and around it. But, um, you know, as, as an athlete or a former athlete, you never really lose that competitive mm. competitiveness and golf sort of filling that void a little bit. Um, definitely no desire to get back out and try and play an individual sport for my breakfast. It's It's not... That's not what I feel like doing, trust me. And my wife's, we've got twins on the way in May. So I'm not sure that I'm going to, oh, you know, no. in a couple of months' time, <laughs> you know, my, uh, my scratch handicap may not be able to get as much work put into it as it is now. Let's have a game in a couple of months, mate, definitely. Hey, um, uh, quick prediction. Uh, who's going to hold the trophy aloft for both the men and the women, do you think, at the end of this tournament? Oh, Novak's so good down here. Yeah. I mean, he's just incredible when he comes to Melbourne. His, his record's outstanding. It's hard to go against that, obviously. You know, maybe team. 
um, who obviously won in New York. He's shown that he can win on a hard court now. So they're, they're the two. I, I'd have put Novak ahead still, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the women's, it's so much, uh, it's so, so much more open, mm. you know, than the men's, um, someone like a Naomi Osaka who just keeps maturing. Um, she's won, you know, a few slams now, but just every year you get a little bit older, you get a little bit smarter. She's doing it at a young age. She should be able to keep doing it this year. So mm-hmm. it's hard to go away from, from the top players at the moment. We're still waiting for that next group to sort of come through and really push for, for these big titles. Well, Sam, you're a, you're a very handy golfer off scratch, a very good commentator post your tennis career, and we really appreciate you coming on, mate. Looking forward to hearing your mellifluous tones across the summer with Channel 9. Nah, thank you, Tim and Shane. I look forward to that round soon, mate. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Sam. Take care, buddy. And to wrap us up today on Afternoon Sport, Rob Gilbert will be around. There's so much happening in the EPL FA Cup. He's here next. Stump to Stump is Australia's newest and most interactive cricket platform for all cricket fans, players and clubs to share stories, match results, memories and experiences. Stumptostump.com All right, let's wrap it up on Afternoon Sport with a nice chunky segment. Robert Gilbert, EPL. There's huge things going on over there. Frank Lampard got the chop. Yeah, he did. Um, G'day, Timmy. Hello, Shane. Uh, It wasn't unexpected. It's a situation uh, that anyone who follows the Premier League uh, could have uh, forecast. Roman Abramovich, the uh, oligarch owner who is famous for second coaches, has uh, lost patience with the club hero, Frank Lampard. And let's put it in perspective, uh, he's the the club's all-time record goal scorer and uh, he made 106 appearances for England over 15 years. So he's one of the most decorated players uh, Mm. by the game in English football. He was uh, appointed as Chelsea manager. He got them into the top four uh, in his first season last year. He was uh, working through a transfer embargo during that first season as well. Uh, Chelsea had been given a ban after a number of rule breaches, uh, including academy seats for players. That's not the consequence of the, the issue. The, the real issue is the fact that he was unable to sign players. And uh, uh, he's, he's got them sitting in the, the knockout stages of the Champions League as well. Uh, um, they, uh, at one point, were in the, the top three of the, the Premier League and just a couple of points off the top of the ladder. But Abramovich, the, uh, the Russian owner, loses patience pretty quickly. And just reading a lot of, uh, of, of content and 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 fan um, feedback from this sacking. It's it's a different one to a lot of the sackings that have happened at Chelsea over the years because Lampard is such a, a favourite son at, at the club and uh, he's um, he's a player that um, was respected as um, as a guy that played the game in, in the right way and, and uh, he uh, he started to, um, to to lose a little bit of uh, his equilibrium from time to time on the touchline as coach of Chelsea, most uh, famously recently mm-hmm. filled against. Uh, Liverpool. So, uh, yeah, sad for Lampard, but uh, typical of Chelsea. Rob, um, we have Matty Ryan on the show later in the week. What, what do you make of his move to Arsenal? Look, it's a great one, Shane. Uh, he had fallen foul of Graham Potter, the manager at uh, at Brighton, uh, a coach uh, who's only been there for a season and uh, had um, a relegation battle on his own hands. So it was a situation where Ryan had, had not been keeping poorly, but uh, he had been on the end of um, 
some pretty poor defence, if, if you like. So uh, you consider watching the game of, uh, of soccer uh, that uh, you know, if the defence isn't playing well, then the goalkeeper's in a lot of trouble. And uh, and so he was the one ultimately that got punished for it. Um, Potter changed the system and uh, and uh, Matty Ryan found himself on the outer. There was talk about him moving back to Belgium where he's had a great career, but uh, for him to get signed by uh, Arsenal, uh, Mikel Arteta, who has had him mm. this year, um, is a great signing. It was the club he followed as a, as a young bloke. So uh, fantastic, not only for Matty Ryan, but for the Socceroos as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, plenty happening in the FA Cup. The big thing we, we saw yesterday was Manchester uh, Manchester United beat Liverpool. So Liverpool are in all sorts of woes at the minute. But Rob, let's turn to Melbourne because there's such a tension on Melbourne where you live at the moment. The eyes of the world, and this is all because we're uh, just a few weeks away from the Australian Tennis Open, the delayed Australian Open. Yeah, exactly. Um, so look, things do seem to be settling down now. There was always going to be drama with players going into hard quarantines and some uh, receiving favourable treatment. The top players, uh, Djokovic and Nadal, headed to Adelaide and were given a a little more freedom, um, the opportunity to practice more. It was only ever going to take one or two social media outbursts for uh, the headlines to happen, and and they did happen. And so the the local press uh, has gotten onto it, as you say. It's an international story as well. So for me, it's starting to settle down a little. Um, The the players are gradually coming out of, of quarantine and, uh, you know, the, the big issue is going to be um, how, how um, the tournament plays out as we get closer to that 8th of uh, February start and, and whether we'll see fans, we're expecting to see fans in the stadium. So, yeah, it's a big story, we know, but um, for me it seems to be just settling down a little. Rob, I know you love your NFL, mate, and uh, it doesn't get any bigger. Talk about international sports, but it doesn't get any bigger than the Super Bowl. Um, what a fairy tale, the Buccaneers to face the Chiefs. It's an incredible story, isn't it, Shane? Um, Tom Brady, as we know, the, the story quarterback, uh, two decades at New England, won six Super Bowls from nine appearances, heads to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They haven't played playoff football in 12 seasons. They have won a, a Super Bowl in their history, 2003, uh, but uh, been on the out for a long time. Uh, many people thought uh, it was a dumb decision for the 43-year-old veteran to make. Uh, he's turned it all on its head, and, uh, and it was an incredible result uh, against Green Bay. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay quarterback, he's going to be the MVP of the season. Um, they won 31-26. They, they skipped out to a 31-10 lead. Uh, Brady had thrown for three touchdowns, but then he threw with three intercepts to bring Green Bay back into mm. the game for the, uh, the Green Bay touch. who gave uh, that opportunity for Brady to close the game out. Two minutes to go, they had the opportunity to throw for a touchdown and a two-point um, conversion. Uh, he instead went for the field goal, and uh, they never got the ball back uh, against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was the MVP of last season. He's a 26-year-old. I mean, to say it's the master versus the apprentice yeah. is a fair assessment, but the apprentice has already won a Super Bowl. So uh, it'll be the first ever Super Bowl played at uh, the home ground of one of the participants. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers play the Roman James Stadium where there'll be 22,000 fans. Mm. So it's going to be a, a massive game. Uh, for, for the once-a-year watch, uh, just make an effort to, to watch this game. It, uh, it would be a beauty. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes, look, he was always going to play. Uh, there were no signs of that concussion, but it does make you question independent doctors because it was a very quick turnaround anyway. That is NFL, and we're going to talk about it a lot more ahead of the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks' time. Robbie, enjoy Australia Day. Will do, Timbo. Thanks, Shane. Good on you, mate. Happy Australia Day, mate. Take care. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. Huge thank you to Sam Groff today, to Colin Scotts and to Rob Gilbert. Happy Australia Day, everyone. Spartan Sports, of course, Shane, our fantastic sponsors. Great sponsor, Spartan Sports, HQ.com. And our Australia Day award for production goes to Dan McHugh. Oh, yeah. See you tomorrow, guys. See you then, guys.